Chapter 9 of Select Conversations with an Uncle, Now Extinct, and Two Other Reminiscences. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Select Conversations with an Uncle, Now Extinct, and Two Other Reminiscences by H. G. Wells. Chapter 9 On a Tricycle. I sat on the parapet of the bridge and swung my feet over the water that frothed and fretted at the central pier below. Above the bridge, the stream broadened into a crest bespangled pool over which the sapphire dragonflies hovered, and its earlier course was hidden by the big oak trees that bent towards each other from either bank. Through their speckled tracery of green, one saw the hazy blue depths of the further forest. I was watching the proceedings of some quick-moving brown bird amid the rushes and marsh marigolds of the opposite bank. Pleasant, said a voice beside me. I turned and saw my uncle. He was disguised in a costume of reddish-brown cloth. Golf here, said I, and then I noticed a tricycle. A vagroom man on wheels. Both the suit and the machine became him very well. The machine was low and singularly broad between the wheels, and altogether equal to him, and it had chubby pneumatic tires and a broad and even imposing wallet. Yes, said he, following my eye. It is a handsome machine, a full-dress concern with all its plating and brown leather, and in use it is as willing and quiet as any tricycle could be, a most urbane and gentlemanly affair, if you will pardon the adjective. I am glad these things have not come too late for me. Frankly, the bicycle is altogether too flippant for a man of my age, and the tricycle hitherto with its two larger wheels behind and a smaller one in front has been so indecently suggestive of a perambulator that really george i could not bring myself to it but a bishop might ride that thing he swung himself up upon the parapet beside me and lit a cigar the bicycle for boys george or fools the things will not keep up for a moment without you work at them they need constant attention I would as soon ride a treadmill. You cannot loaf with them, and the only true pleasure of cycling is to loaf. Yet only this morning did I meet an elderly gentleman with a beard fit for Abraham, his face all crimson and deliquescent with heat, and all distorted with the fury of his haste, toiling up a hill on one of those unstable instruments. When he saw me coming down in all my ease and dignity, he damned at me with his bell. Now, I do not like to see a bicycle wobble under a load of years and steer into the irascible. As years increase, tempers shorten, and bicycles, even the best of bicycles, are seductively irritating. Besides, the devil of the wandering Jew has power over all such as go upon two wheels. Onward, he says, onward, faster thou man, this green and breezy earth is no abiding place for you. And hard breathing, 
crook-shaped whirling bell-banging lunatics try and race you they whiz by thinking indignities of your dignified progress and sometimes saying them not one cyclist in a dozen george and seemingly not a solitary bicyclist seems to think of anything but getting to the end of his pleasure i meet these servants of the wheel at the inns and they tell short stories and sketches about their pace and show each other their shoes and saddles and compare maps and roads some even try to trade machines they talk most indecently of the makes and prices i would as soon ask a man who was his tailor or where he got his hair cut and how much he paid one man i met was not so much a man as a hoarding blatant about the gas-pipe machine company for them no flowers exist no wild birds no trees no landscapes no historical memorials and no geological associations nothing but the roads they traverse and the bicycles they ride those that have other interests have them in the form of cheap portable cameras malignant things that can find no beauty in earth or heaven george said my uncle suddenly and i knew he had come upon a great discovery real human beings are scarce in this world you speak bitterly said i i know what has happened you are hot from an inful of the viler type of cyclist and i presume that after their custom they mocked at your machinery but don't blacken a popular exercise on that account but these men are so aggressive i tell you george it requires moral courage to ride a tricycle about at a moderate pace as a man of discretion should they want to make a sport of it they are race-struck incapable of understanding a man who rides at seven miles an hour when he might ride at fifteen read their special papers they mock and sneer at everything but pace they worship the makes of ninety-four in the interests of their advertising columns touring simply means hotel touting to them and landscape deals and cameras in the end they will kill cycling indeed they are killing it it is not nice to be mocked at even when you are in the right a blatant cat is like a rhinoceros in the midst of no parleying only since you must not kill him you are obliged to keep out of his way the common cyclist has already driven ladies off the roads by forcing the pace the honeymoon tandem returns with its feelings hurt at its jesting and now he is driving off all quiet men all this said i because he said something disrespectful about your machine at the last inn you don't i see approve of the feminine bicycle my uncle did his best to be calm and judicial a woman in a hurry is one of the most painful sights in the world for exertion does not become a woman as it does a man let us avoid all prejudice in this matter george and discuss it with open minds she has in the first place a considerable length of hair and she does it up into rich and beautiful shapes with things called hairpins and with curling irons very few people have hair that curls naturally george you are young but you are married and i see nothing improper in telling you these things well when a woman rides about exerting herself violently to keep a bicycle going her hair gets damp and the pleasing curls lose their curliness and become wet 
straggling bands of hair plastered over her venous forehead and a tragic anxiety is manifest an expression painful for a man to meet also her hairpins come out and fall on the road to wait for pneumatic tires and her hair is no longer rich and beautiful in form then she gets dirty horribly dirty as though she had been used to sweep the roads with and her skirts have to be weirdly altered even to the divided skirt so that when she rides she looks like a short squat little man she not only loses her beauty but her dignity now for my part i think a man wants a woman to worship it is a man's point of view of course but i can't help my sex and the worshipping of those suaves is incredible she is nothing more than a shorter fuller and feebler man heaven help her for the woman on the tricycle there are ampler excuses as well as ampler skirts the exertion is not too violent for grace and coolness and the offensive bulging above one narrow wheel is avoided but women will never sacrifice so much for so little worshipfulness beauty repose and comfort for a paltry two or three miles more an hour of pace they know too well the graces of delay to do things slowly george is part of the art of living our sex learns that when its youthful fervour is over and all the things are done but women are born wise by the by said i how is mrs harborough very well thanks how is euphemia your bit of you george is pretty but i think i will have some heather now there is a common three miles ahead this indeed is the true merit of cycling for a view a panorama for one picture a gallery your true artist in cycling sits by the roadside and rides only by way of an interlude as for the worship of the machine i would as soon worship a scene-shifter he dropped off the bridge and mounted his machine and was presently pursuing his smooth and noiseless way as he vanished round the corner he sounded his gong it was really a most potent grave and reverent gong with a certain note of philosophical melancholy in its tone as different from the vulgar tang of your common cycle as one can well imagine it asked you at your convenience sir or madam to get out of the way to stand aside and see a most worthy and dignified spectacle roll by if so be you had the mind for it as for any scolding insistence any threat of imminent collision there was none of it it was the bell of a man who loved margins who was at its ease and would have all the world at its ease more than anything else it reminded me of the boom of some ivy-clad church tower warning the world without unseemly haste that another hour had with leisurely completeness accomplished itself and so he passed out of my sight and was gone End of chapter 9 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida